You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Good evening. I feel like I'm back in Bible college. I did not get homiletics one class. Now you know. I did take homiletics two. That is all of my homiletics training. And uh, we would have to prepare a message and bring it before the class. We'd preach at each other, you know. And uh, that's a good thing. Um, Tonight, the professor is here. And so... (laughs) So I am thankful for this opportunity. I want to do all that I can to help our pastor. Please pray for him and his health. Amen. Uh, But also for this church. I I have a desire to be used of the Lord. And uh, whatever it is, wherever it is, um, you know, I suppose just to be honest, sometimes my prayer is, Lord, don't let me fall on my face. But my more earnest prayer is, is Lord, uh, let what, what I feel I've divined as your will for this evening for a sermon, Lord, let that be helpful uh, to us. And uh, it was encouraging to me for the songs that came out. One of them starts out, would you be free? Well, I would. Would you be free from your burden of sin? Uh, When I was six years old, I would. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. I've been freed of that. And um, our song, let's see, there's power in the blood, of course, but then the choir special, God is even greater. So, and the the line is, God is even greater than believers believe. Yes, right. And of course, the scripture says that uh, our mind is not really prepared for what he has made and prepared for us, amen? But it is true, sometimes uh, in, in the accusation, I was out with Brother Colin. He's been uh, helping me knock out a neighborhood. And uh, we were talking with a fellow last week during door knocking. And, and he, that guy, you need to pray for him. He really needs to be saved. But he's, he says, your God, he's just, he's too small. I'm like, what, what God are we talking about? I'm talking about the God of the Bible. Yeah. He's, he's bigger than everything. And he's bigger than that. One of our professors, you like this preacher, one of our professors said that somebody asked him one time, could, if God is all powerful, can he make a rock too heavy for him to lift? And he said, yes. And then he would lift it. <laughs> hey, the Bible text says, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. And singing about his power in these things tonight, even that end song there, He Touched Me. Um, we need that. Yes. And so tonight, I, I was thinking uh, how to lead into this, and I, I'm going to take just a, a quick chapter from my own life and uh, to start from. If you would, please open your Bible to Second uh, Peter chapter 1, and our text verses will, will begin there, Second Peter chapter 1. But... There was, there was some episode in my life, I remember that usually 
every year, every summer for a week, we would go to my mom's mom's house, so grandma, maternal grandma, uh, for a week. And then sometime later, then we would go for a week to my dad's mom's house or my paternal grandparents' house. And uh, this was a different situation where we stayed at home and my mom's mom came to stay with us for a few days. Um, I'm guessing my mom and dad needed a break from us is probably the truth of the situation. And I don't know how long it took my mom really to save it up, but she had this coffee can. And this coffee can really was kind of like, as little kids, we saw it as the um, lifeline for that week because whatever groceries and things that that we had to get, um, the the money for that was going to come out of this coffee can. There weren't a lot of funds um, there. And this was the advent of when you went into the grocery store, they had these new upright video games. Remember those things? Asteroids. And I can't even remember all the names of them. Pac-Man. Pac-Man was Pac-Man. Pac-Man, poison pill. I go into the grocery store, and man, I could see the other kids that they would uh, put in money there, and it was a quarter. And by the way, a quarter to us at the time was pretty meaningful, like, you know, a loaf of bread or something. So, I, you know, if you're smart, you'd never change, exchange a loaf of bread for one play on one of those electric games. Uh, but I did. And I liked it so much that I kept coming up with excuses to my grandma of why we needed me to go to the store and get more groceries. And I had enough money to get whatever groceries I was talking about, and I could feed the meter, <laughs> so to speak. Pac-Man, that was the one. And you would think that a young guy would, with half a mind would figure it out, you're always going to die because they want more money. And in a, such a short period of time there, I, I don't know whether the you know, medical terminology changes over the years and everybody wants to redefine and define and define better and all of that. But in a short period of time, I essentially became addicted. I got to where, man, I got to go play that thing. That was so much fun. I, I got such a charge out of it. I could ride my bike down there to the grocery store and uh, there was two of them. So I had Pac-Man and something else to choose from. I think it was asteroids. And I could go down there and put some money in there and man, you know, what a rush that I could go there, down there and do that. And all of a sudden, you know, the grocery money is starting to wane, which is no good when the hunger kicks in. And uh, grandma started to notice and grandma was talking with mom and all of a sudden, it got cut off. They understood where the leak in the tub was. And it was stopped. But I think that sometimes in our Christian life, understanding that we have God's forgiveness, we allow our thing, ourselves some um, laxness, for lack of a better word, some laxness in our behavior where we let up and we let some other behaviors creep in and maybe even become habitual 
that keep us from things that actually would be more honoring to God and his power in our life. And so just for a few minutes this evening, I just want to speak to you about freedom from addiction. I'm not going to, we're not going to pick bones about what does addiction mean and what's the technical term and all of this, but just to, and really this, this sermon is not for unbelievers tonight, and, and you'll hear in a moment why, but this is for believers, for us to check our behavior, just a check up. Is there something, now, now we read about besetting sins, and maybe that's what I'm talking about here tonight. I don't, I'm, I'm not for sure, but maybe those, those little things that we think it's not such a big deal, and we're expecting, okay, God's going to forgive me anyway, so what's the harm in it? Is, is kind of the, uh, are you catching my wave? Yeah. Kind of the mentality of it. Here in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given us, how many things? All things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature having what? Escaped. If you've been set free, be free indeed. Amen. Live free. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And lust there, a lot of times, we put too narrow of a meaning on that. That is just desire for something. Yeah. It, it, it is probably an overabundance of desire for, for any particular thing. David said in Psalm chapter 46, verse 1, he said, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. It is a good thing that the Holy Spirit lives with us. Amen? Yeah. It's a good thing. Because he draws our attention to these besetting sins, these things that, that just little by little kind of dig away at God's time and attention to him. And, you know, we need God's help to do anything. Really, I mean, if we're honest about it, we are not at, at any point and in any way or in any measure to depend upon ourselves we are to make the decision that is the one that the Lord wants us to make and he gives us the power to enact that time by time by time. But we are the ones. The decision lies with us. Somebody undertook in a study, I think they miscounted, but we'll see in a minute. They, they said they, they studied to determine how many decisions you make in a day. And they came up with a number of 33,000. Just an average person in an average day, and you make 33,000 decisions. Some of that is just whether to hit snooze or not. Amen? It, it just kind of starts there. Do I get up or do I hit snooze? Do I get up and hit snooze because I'm going to fall asleep somewhere else? It's a good question. <laughs> the... All of these decisions that we make, in all of these, there is a moral element to it. We don't always think of it in those terms, but out of these 33,000 decisions, um, as believers, I'm hoping that we, we choose the better portion of the 33,000 to head the Lord's direction. 
and to follow him day by day. You know, I've heard talk among believers about addictions. And guess what? For believers, it's just a decision. A choice between two things. And um, I have heard believers say that they are unable to stop some behavior. It's something that's affecting maybe their body. It is something that is affecting uh, their relationships. And, and ultimately, it's just wrong. Did you ever notice that God, when he, when he comes to Adam and Eve in the garden, he, he doesn't stand there like some of us parents when our kids do something that displeases us and we look and we say, why did you do that? And I'm not sure why we want to know why as if it makes any difference why they sinned. God asked them, what did you do? And man, that's a convicting question because a lot of times if somebody asks us why, we think, oh, we have an opportunity to explain away and to say, when God says, what have you done? Then you are forced into confessing, which means to say in agreement. Man, I don't like confessing because then stuff starts to come out of me that doesn't look very good for a Christian. And people start to call Brother John a hypocrite. Have you ever been called a hypocrite? Uh, have you ever called yourself a hypocrite? <laughs> That's a hard one there, right? Preach to yourself, hypocrite. I was looking for some statistics on this and I found that if you look up addiction on the internet, everybody thinks that the only addiction there is is substance abuse. Regarding substance abuse, almost 21 million Americans have at least one addiction and yet only 10% of them receive treatment. That's kind of sobering there. 21 million, that's what, about 15% of America? Something like that. This statistic refers only to substance abuse. It doesn't include other addictions that we might think about. Pornography is one that is growing exponentially. And it's growing on the back of the internet there. But pornography, by the way, one of the statistics regarding that, it's estimated that 35%, more than one-third, 35% of all internet downloads are pornographic. Extreme sports. Brother Jacob brought up the other day people on their phones. The average person spending three to five hours on their phone. I thought, wow, there's some people really committed because I don't hardly look at my phone. Social media or the internet, gaming. Have you seen stories of people, they're so addicted to gaming, they're so into it, they spend so much time in it that they just drop dead right there at the console. Gambling, self-harm and cutting, sugar, coffee. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I believe that Paul was a tremendous Christian, but I'm glad that that God caused him to write some of these things down. 
so that we could understand some of the battles and things that, that he endured and in spite of those things with the Lord's help and power understanding would you be free he said yes I would there's power in the blood he, he went out and he, he reached the Gentiles he reached the Jews he reached whomever he could reaching all the way up into Caesar's household to try to spread the gospel and one of the things that he shared here uh, is 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 12. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not what? Expedient. Expedient. That's, that's kind of like helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And, and there really is my, my thought tonight is, are we under a power of anything that keeps us from availability to God? And in our daily lives, I understand that, that uh, we need to support our families. Uh, we go, we work, we do the things that we do. We need to go buy the groceries. Uh, we spend time with family. In all of these things, there's, there's nothing particularly harmful about it, but Sometimes, you know, given a free moment, we start to think about ourselves and what some of our own desires are. And Paul said here, it does not matter what those desires are, the thing that comes to his heart or to his mind. Verse 13, meats for the belly and the belly for meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication. Now, don't think that that is just a, a, a sexual connotation there. Because uh, God often spoke to Israel about their fornication and it was a spiritual looking for of a different partner than God. But for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And so these, these things, these addictions if you will, are not helpful to the Christian. Now Merriam-Webster's dictionary, have you ever heard somebody say, oh he's bound to... He's bound and determined. That's some old terminology right there, right? He's bound and determined. That means he's made up his mind. He's made a decision. If you look up bind in Merriam-Webster's dictionary, the, the third meaning there uh, under bound means a position or situation in which one is hampered, constrained or prevented from free movement or action. Have you ever felt bound to a decision where you couldn't do something else, you couldn't decide something else. By the way, before salvation, you were bound to sin. You were determined to sin. You, you didn't have a way not to sin. The Bible says that you were a servant to sin. So much so that even it, spoke, it speaks about that the devil takes the unsaved person captive at his will. So unbelievers don't have help from God, and so they fall prey to the devil all of the time. And unbelievers uh, rarely understand the scriptures, and he doesn't understand God's will or his methods, but he doesn't take an interest in them. Now, if the Holy Spirit, of course, begins to work on his heart, uh, I appreciate, uh, Pastor, how you said uh, this morning, and I, I think I heard somebody else mention it, but, you know, uh, sometimes I, I try to, as, as we're knocking doors and, and speaking to people about the gospel, I just try to get their attention to take one step towards the Lord, like believe the Bible, something like that, because, uh, oh, it was in, it was Brother Mark in the devotion this morning, 
for men's prayer. Men, come out and pray with us. Amen? The devotion was good this morning. And, and he just spoke about when you start out with the Lord, then the Lord begins to reveal more of his plan. And if you'll take another step with him, he'll show you more. And he, you will find out that as he shows you something and you take a step, he's leading you along. And guess what? If he's leading you along and you both are moving, you're walking with the Lord. Amen? Amen. Just walking with the Lord is just taking more than one step with him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14 it says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Another verse, For after that in the wisdom of God the world by wisdom knew not God, it pleased God by the foolishness of preaching, foolishness not in God's eyes but in man's eyes, amen, yeah. foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So it's not strange that unbelievers have persistent addictions, persistent besetting sin, things that capture their attention away from God and from His Word. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 26, as I mentioned earlier, states that unbelievers are taken captive by the devil at his will. And so they don't have any more power to break free than they have to save their own souls. We know as believers, I could not save myself. That's why I had to ask somebody to save me, and that's what I did. I asked Jesus to save me and to help me. For an unbeliever, addiction is a sin and a salvation problem, but for an unbeliever, it's a different deal. Addiction, the besetting sin or addiction, is a spiritual problem with a spiritual solution. Yes. Interestingly enough. Dependence then, what they call substance dependence and things like that, dependence uh, often and for the believer is something that has become a habit. I got to do this. Uh, some of us when we get up now, not me, I, I, I hear this about people. I want to disclaim myself in this. Um, some people when they get up in the morning, they got to have their coffee. Or grab the energy drink or, or something to, you know, pump you up. <laughs> I'm not feeling the energy when I get out of bed. I'm looking for something to help my gumption. Interestingly enough, though, and uh, look at Romans chapter number 6. I've heard some preachers that, that preaching on sin and it just seemed like they were so hard. Well, guess what? It's not them that's so hard. They sin too. It's God and his holiness that is hard yes. against sin. And, and so we need to see that, that, that even though it is hard and it seems harsh, I, I've, oh boy, I don't know how many times I've heard preachers say, oh, that preacher was harsh. He was preaching against sin. You think he's harsh? He didn't even physically hurt you. When God takes up against sin, something's going to happen. Yeah. And that's why in his grace we live through in this life. But look at Romans chapter number 6. Now the state with a believer is different. And we must understand that if we've got bad habits, we need to get rid of those things. Amen? 
But it, all it takes is a decision because all of the addiction treatment that we would need in our life, we got at salvation. Amen. Romans chapter 6 and verse 18 says, Being then made free from sin. You are free from sin. Yes. Well, Brother John, I'm not really feeling it in my life. I got problems. We all got problems. Amen. But God, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said through the apostle, you are made free from sin. Verse 22, being now made free from sin, you're free from sin. If you are saved, a blood-bought believer, first of all, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And if you are one of those, you are set free. You may have bad habits, but you're not addicted. Brother John, you've been talking about addiction this whole time. What are you talking about? An addiction is, is where you can't help it. That it starts to affect, and, and by the way, if you go read these addiction sites and you read some of their descriptions, you're going to disagree with them if, you, if you're any kind of worth your salt as a Christian. Because you, you think, okay, this sin is okay until it starts to harm your relationships or um, dent your financial livelihood. Well, what about all that space leading up to that? Pornography, that's one of the things that's written about. Pornography. I'm pretty sure pornography is wrong, clear over here at the start. But the addiction is not harmful until it gets over here and it starts to take away your livelihood or or harm your relationship with people uh, or with your spouse. What about all this? Believers, we've got to start sometimes way over here. In in fighting against these things, in fighting against these besetting sins, and not call it addiction like we don't have any help because we got all our help at the beginning. Verse 2 says, How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Verse 22, the continuation there is, being now... Uh, but now being made free from sin, we become the servants to God. That's if we make the right choices. And if you choose pornography over serving the Lord, it's not the right choice. Makes sense, right? If you choose sugar over serving the Lord, it's not the right choice. If you choose, I mean, I I had a whole list there. Let's see, self-harming, gambling, gaming. I mean, how many of these things is it possible for it to dent the relationship with the Lord? Well, anything can hurt our relationship with the Lord because there's that thing in our old nature, it's called covetousness. And here's where the fornication comes in. Covetousness, the Bible says, is idolatry. So yeah, we're doing Financial Peace University here pretty quick. But you know what? If, if all we're doing is we're going to get out of debt and build wealth so that we can have it to consume ourselves, it's a waste to do it. You're right. There's a purpose in it. 
And, and I'm glad that at the end of the course they speak. The, the whole last lesson is about the, the, about the purpose of all of this sacrifice and, and all of these things that you've laid up. It's not to destroy your life, but it is to enrich your life and make you available for the Lord's work. Man. Now that sounds like somebody's free. You know, not where's my next fix, whatever that fix is. Being made free from the bondage of sin, the believer is no longer bound, meaning that he doesn't have a choice. We always have a choice. By the way, if you sin... I don't want to be too hard on you, but if you sin, I'm going to leave it up to you and your heart to say whether you sin or not. That's between you and the Lord. It's not my business, amen? If, if God allows me to counsel you, great. But if you sin, the Bible says we have an advocate with the Father. But if you sin... Here's the hard part. I'm not going to win any friends tonight, preacher. If you sin, you chose it. Yes, sir. I tell you, in my life with the Lord, that's the thing that hurts me the most. I can't blame anybody. And when we stand before the Lord there, it, what have you done? Some of us are going to say, well, I, I, I stayed addicted to this. I stayed uh, with my face uh, planted in this. And my attention was off on these things instead of on you. Uh, I don't like it when verses are applicable to me like Proverbs 26, 11. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. And, but uh, you just put in believer in sin in replace of fool and folly you got the same thing. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 22 quotes from there, but it's happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. I always marveled at that. You go to the state fair, they got these hogs, you know, they're 10 feet long and they're five feet wide. And they weigh, I don't know how many thousand pounds. And they're all, they wash them up. I mean, they have special places. They wash them up. You know that pig is unhappy until he gets back home. That's right. I mean, blue ribbon, who cares? Give me a mud bath. Yep. I'll just go park in it. Christian, if you're choosing sin, you're choosing the mud bath. The believer is choosing sin when he fulfills the lusts of the body over God's ways. And guess what? Those 33,000 decisions that you make every day, pretty much it's a choice between serving the Lord or not. Yeah, you're right. you, you follow them long enough, you'll find out that they're, that they're all that way. Most of the things, you know, the fall of man came because man had to choose. He had a 50-50 chance, I guess some people would say. A 50-50 chance of getting it right, of either doing what the Lord says or doing what the devil says. But our choices, um, most of the time, if, if you really distill them down to the smallest thing, it's just a choice between two things. 
And if you really look at, at the bottom decision is, am I going to follow the Lord or am I not? In Ephesians chapter 4, you can look there with me. Ephesians chapter 4. We'll read several scriptures here and, and I'll be through because I don't have any more friends. I'm going to go home and be depressed now. By the way, depression is on the rise, they say. You know why? Because addiction is on the rise. I, I, hear, I hear Christians say, oh man, I'm so depressed. But, well, you must not be living for the Lord because he said life and that more abundantly. Abundant life does not sound like molly grubs. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 20 says, But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him. Have you heard the Lord? <laughs> have you heard what he says? And have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning, concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So we do have a battle. I will not discount the battle. There is a battle. That's okay. Nothing wrong with a battle. My old preacher, he was about six foot five and a half, I don't know, 350 pounds. And I was talking to him. Uh, we had just started a deputation, and I told him, Preacher, it seems like sometimes the pastors, they, they want to they wanna fight. And the pastor, he's, he's like, well, you don't need to fight, but sometimes, you know, if you got to scrap, hey, I'll scrap. Well, sure, it was easy for him. He was so cotton-picking huge, you know. He worked in a meat packing plant, but he did not use the machinery that they had to carry this stuff around. He just threw, you know, a quarter on his shoulder and took it where it needed to go. But I tell you what, we do need to scrap. Yeah. We need to scrap and say, I'm, I'm not headed that direction, I'm headed the direction with the Lord. Amen. And Lord, let me see in all of these 33,000 decisions... Let me see your path. Let me see your way. Let me follow your way. And I, I don't recall who said it, but I, I heard it quoted. I said that the world has yet to see what will happen when a man follows God 100%. Now, that can't be true in Christ's case because I think he followed the Lord 100%. You might not like the end there, but we don't have the end of Christ's story yet, amen? Right. Contrary to what some people think, that he's buried in a tomb somewhere, he's alive and coming again, I'm looking forward to it, amen? Yes. And that's when we'll get the, the rest of the freedom from the sin. He gave it to us spiritually at salvation, but when we get rid of this body that's full of lust and all of that, whoo, got it made. I think, I don't know, that's how I read God's word, but I'm pretty sure that after we get a new body and we're with Christ all the time, got it made. Hit, hit the big one, right? <laughs> and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We're not even going to get to the verses that speak about all the good works that we should be doing. See, if we were doing those good works, we wouldn't be doing the addictive works. We wouldn't be doing the besetting works. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness. And by the way, a lot of times feeding our addictions, that's what we're doing. We have some sort of covetousness. We have sort of thing that we're after. 
And so we go to those things that we think scratches that itch. But here is the, here's the idea. And be content with such things as ye have. If you're going after an addiction and a besetting sin, you are thinking that there's something else that you need that you don't have right now. Right. And God says, be content. If we would be content with what he gives us, we could walk the straight and narrow. It would be no problem. True. Eve, when she looked at this decision that was presented to her, she thought, well, man, what God offered, that's a good thing, but this looks better. And be content with such things as ye have, for he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Boy, there's a sobering thought to think that you take God into your addictions with you, not for his power, but just because he's drug along with you. I remember a little guy in, the, in our first church, little Vanya. He's married now. His wife has a, a baby on the way. I remember him quoting this verse. The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Amen. That's a blessed verse. Amen. Well, think about it inside. I will not fear what this man will do unto me. Oh, wait a second. That means I got to act different. That I in the Holy Spirit need to stand there and tell my old man, you're not doing this here. I, in the power of the Holy Spirit, am deciding to do something different. Christians, if you have a besetting sin, that's what you've got to do. Addiction ends when the believer chooses to obey God over the lusts of the flesh. Amen? Yeah. Choosing between two things. Relying on his heavenly father's strength, provision, methods, guidance. In other words, just choose something other than what your, the lusts of your flesh demand. You'll probably hit the target with the Lord. Yes. Romans 13, 14 says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh, to fulfill the lusts thereof. And too many times, and, and, and I'm going to say this is particular to Americans, because we have so much luxury. We, we have lost our minds probably, but we have lost sight of even the simplest prayer that was given to us as the model prayer, give us this day our daily bread. God, I don't need you. I got Walmart. They give me my daily bread. A week at a time. They'll deliver. I've been seeing the fairway commercials. You can put in an order. It'll be ready within three hours, and you can change it within 30 minutes. You can still have your groceries. We have so much luxury in this country that now we pay other people to do our shopping for us. And guess what? When we farm that out to somebody else, we afford ourselves more free time to do those things that are uh, not quite so pleasing to the Lord in His sight. Because I don't think that we're doing that so that we have time to, to go out on visitation more. I don't think that we're doing that to save our Bible study time or our prayer time. I could be wrong, but um, 
My experience living this life is, as the older I get, in some respects, I feel like the lazier I am. I don't know if I'm lazy. I'm just tired, and I want somebody else to do it. And if I can pay them to do it, then I don't have to get up and do it, and then I can sit here and do what feels good to me. That's where we get into trouble. I remember the executive vice president of our college. He said, boy, if you want something done, ask somebody that's busy to help you do it. Because they know how to get stuff done. And he had some good secretaries. That, I mean, he got a lot of stuff done. But he, he was very picky on who he chose. And it was because there were those that were industrious about the work. Are you industrious about what God wants you to do? Are you dedicated to that? Do you choose out of those 33,000 decisions that you make in a day, are you looking for, okay, the Lord's path through those steps to bring you to an expected end? Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 is in the Bible. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. That part of that verse is rarely comforting to me. Oh, great. He's got the same problems I got. <laughs> Do you have the same problems I got? I'm willing to bet you do. And the same problems with sin and it besetting and okay, I can't trip here. I've got to go on. I've got to step over this. I want to make the right decision. But guess what? Right after that it says God is faithful. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. And, and make no mistake, there's no sin in being tempted. None. All it is is an opportunity for you to see what's coming up. Temptation is just a red flag that sin is on its way. It's coming. But it is also the announcement of an opportunity to prove your love for the Lord. To say, Lord, nope, I reject that. I'm turning away from that. I'm turning towards you. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. If you say as a believer, and I've heard this, I'm addicted, I can't help it, you call God a liar. Have you ever called God a liar? Just on that thing alone, we probably ought to be down here at the altar and confessing our sin. Because there's a, if God says that we are made free from sin and that when temptation comes that one, he's there with us and two, he makes a way of escape. Uh, we're just calling him a liar when we say, I couldn't help but do that. I think it was David wrote in Psalms chapter 15, verse 23, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Yes. You're free. Live free. And live in the salvation that God has given to you. Yes. Oh, I got, I got forgiveness. I'm good with that. Shame on you. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? The Lord recognized there's a war that's taken place. And there's a battle in these decisions. But man, you've been made free. Live free indeed. 
Man, all this stuff about democracy and countries and all of this and don't tread on me and all that, doesn't matter. Amen? Doesn't matter. Here's where the, as they say, the rubber meets the road. It's right here. And believers, if we would live free in the power that the Holy Spirit has given to us at salvation, man, there would be no end to what we could accomplish for the Lord. But instead, we let it pick and dig away at, at us and erode, if you will, our desire to serve the Lord. Our ability to serve the Lord. What could you accomplish if you were addicted to serving God? There were some people like that mentioned in God's word. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 13 says, Watch ye and stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Um, There was a term that we had in the Russian Bible. It was sort of like this quit you like man, but essentially, strictly translated, it's man up. I think we heard it in the movies, uh, Cowboy Up, but man up. To be a man to make this decision for the Lord and to follow him. That's what this quit you like men is. Be strong. Let all your things be done with charity. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and they that have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. Well, would you look at that? Addiction used in a good light. It wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. Why? The addiction was a habit to do something. Well, why does our habit have to be to a bad thing? If we've been made free of sin, we can choose a habit that is a good thing. Like in the morning, we get up and, okay, all right, yeah, head for the coffee machine and then head for the Bible. Amen? Amen. Then head for the altar. Uh, You can choose good habits just as well as you can bad habits. In fact, with the Holy Spirit of God, I think that there are times when the Holy Spirit is screaming, No, not that! And we're so out of tune with the Lord that he's, he's just kind of shouting into the wind. That they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. That ye submit yourselves unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. I'm glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus for that which was lacking on your part they have supplied. By the way, and, and in closing... The Bible says that no man can serve two masters. And I know that there's a a fight that takes place inside of ourselves. But you can only serve one of them. Would to God that we would choose our Heavenly Father as our master. That we would get in in a persistence in our habits, not, not to the fulfilling of the lust of our flesh, but to fulfilling the lust of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Brother John, you're using terminology that is not applied to the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Well, sure it is. If he is leading you a direction, he has a desire for you to go this way. That's the same thing as you having a desire to follow the lust or the desires of your flesh. 
So let's follow the desires of the Holy Spirit. You can call it addiction. You can call it whatever you want. I think I might call it bad habits. But the Bible says that you have been made free. Live free indeed. Live free in this power that you have, that you got when you got saved. Live free. Could you imagine what it's like to go through a day and just live for the Lord all day so that at night you weren't pricked by the, the conscience of your sins that you committed through the day? What, what would that do to your sleep patterns? What would that do to your energy for the next day? Like, man, that felt so good. I want to try it again. We develop our own habits. We develop those habits through our decision-making process. And the Lord is just pleading with us tonight to check those things that erode at our relationship with the Lord and at our service to Him and see if there aren't some of those things that just by a simple decision of trust in the Lord, we're going to make a decision to follow Him and therefore that is no longer a part of our life. And we would be rid of that addiction. I, I pray God that nobody here has an addiction. But if you're a believer, I, I, I know th this is a hard thing. Lord, help me to decide right. What did that one father say? He says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I want to live free. Help me, Lord, to want to live free. Amen. Let's stand. Let's Good. bow our heads and close our eyes. The altar is open. You're free to come and pray. As we'll have music here in just a moment. The Lord doesn't want you to be stuck in these things. He doesn't want these things. They're just little things often. I'm not saying that you're just huge sinners and, and uh, unregenerate and, and all of this. So many lovely people here. But the Bible says that God is a refining fire. And I think that he's called our attention tonight to look at even the little things and say, okay, what can I shore up? What is it that's going to really, really bring me to the next level? I pray the Lord's working in your heart. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.